Man, the Wolves sure do know how to lose in heartbreaking fashion. Scott, have you ever beat the buzzer? No. Now you have. Welcome to episode 148 of Wolves Cast, the show that makes Wolves Plus look like Wolves Minus. Hosted by myself and my brother, I'm Neil. I'm Scott. All right. Yeah, Wolf, Wolf, Wolf Plus is a good show. Don't get us wrong. Yeah, yeah, Don't no. Don't get me wrong. That was more just for the joke. It's just jokes, it's you just guys. It's all good. Marnie is a great job. She's I finally a, she's found a pro it host. on my podcast app of choice. Oh, good. The thing okay. is, you don't search for Wolf Plus. Search for Fox Sports North. Ha. Huh. That's interesting. If you're having trouble finding it on your podcast app of choice. It might be a, it might be a, a you know, sort of like a app of podcasts working it through the system situation yeah what I, what I know from you know po- posting podcasts and creating new podcasts is sometimes you know it takes time for you know the title and stuff like that to become searchable all that uh, behind the scenes business yep but we don't have to worry about that it's the 148th episode we've been around wow yeah that's 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 something they're on like number four so uh you know we'll, we'll see you guys when you're you know close to 150 like us and we have that with all that perspective we've gained over all that time we have seen worse weeks than this trust me oh we've been through worse weeks yeah that's true that's true it has this been is a uh, bad one though this is one uh <laughs> one to forget um, we, a season of be- many bad weeks this may have been the worst week uh but we'll talk about that uh, we'll go a little bit more in depth into that in the episode well, of course, we'll have to cover all the all the ups and downs with COVID, and we're going to focus some time on the rooks. Not only Anthony Edwards, but now suddenly in the rotation, Jaden McDaniels. Ooh. We have our sponsor ad, of course. We're going to do some predictions so you know what's to come for later this season. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. finally, we'll do our weekly Wolfies and a game. You know the drill. That's uh, that's you know kind of how we end all of our shows. Good rundown, Scott. Yep, that's the podcast for today. So you're in. You're in for a great one. Please, uh, please just settle in and uh, you know enjoy enjoy this show. We appreciate you as always being listeners, subscribing to this show. You know, it's uh, like Scott said, it's been a tough week. It uh, you know <laughs> looks like it's gonna be like an entire tough season, but uh, yeah, us us Wolves fans are hardy. We uh, we can get through this, and we appreciate you listening to this show, regardless. Um, but yeah, let's jump into week recap, Scott. Uh, very strange week here. The Wolves are zero and two on the week. Uh, they're now three and ten overall. They have the second worst record in the NBA, and they have the twenty ninth. Uh, um, uh, worst or <laughs> best net rating, 29th in the league in net rating. So second worst, 29th yeah, best. Yeah, they're way down, there. You go, they're way down there. Uh, but yeah, a strange week that started with a postponement. The Wolves' first postponed game. And let me say, it's so refreshing not to have the Timberwolves lose this game. We're not talking about <laughs> Timberwolves' loss. It's basically just a push, you know. Uh, yeah, we got to get back around to this one. Remains we'll, to be seen if it'll be postponed. It might be one of those things where the yeah. second half of the season comes out and they look at the teams that aren't in contention and they're like, uh. Do we really need to postpone the Timberwolves? How can how about we just wipe that game off the schedule? Yeah, but, that's the other thing about the Wizards. We were looking at the standings and stuff and seeing that the Wizards have only won three games, but they've like not played in like a week because of this stuff. Right. Like they have they've only played like ten games or something. So yeah, I want the makeup games are gonna become quite the quite the storyline, I think, for the second half of this season. Yeah. So, you know, uh I guess it was nice to see us playing some basketball, even though with a severely 
you know, we just can't seem to have a full roster. We can't have nice things. Uh, <laughs> and so we play, went to Atlanta uh, for MLK Day. Very fun. Neil, you came over to my place. We watched the game together. Oh, it was a great time. Yeah. I mean, regardless, you know, even though, yeah, no Towns and who knew? No Ricky, no Ancho. Yeah. And it was kind of like, is this game even going to happen? You know? Yeah, big question marks. Wolves flew out like super late the night before and was like, "What? what's going to happen here? Is there anybody else going to be out? Is it what's going to happen? But they went ahead and played it. You know, one thirty afternoon. Uh, Monday game, but MLK felt like a afternoon game. Uh, we, if you've been listening yeah. to the show, you know I complain every year about matinee games because, yeah. especially the Timberwolves. I mean, everyone seems to play worse, but especially the Timberwolves. We've seen some just really, really uh, disgusting efforts from the Timberwolves over the past several years on Sunday afternoons, and this was yeah. a Monday afternoon, and <laughs> just something about the rhythm. And I guess obviously, like you said, they flew out of Minnesota at like eight p.m. the night before, yeah. got in town, had to do more COVID testing, and so it, already their schedule was. It's all out of whack, but very sloppy game from both sides here. Turnovers galore. Atlanta Ooh. had 20 plus, and the Wolves didn't do that much. I think Atlanta had like 24, and the Wolves had like 18. So yeah. it was a game of butterfingers. Yeah, totally. And you know the you know the Wolves did a good job hanging around in this game, and you know it was it was closer than I thought it was going to be, frankly. But um, you well, know, you would hope so when the team gives you the, the ball twenty four times like that. But yeah, yeah. But just even going into it with you know Atlanta, you know I mean they looked better in the first few weeks of the season. Now they've kind of tapered off a little bit. They they also have a lot of injuries. They had a lot of guys out. Gallo out. Bogdanovich. Bogdanovich yeah. Um, um, others. So, you know, everyone, everyone's a little banged up. Everyone's got COVID absences. There's all that stuff's going around, but, um, you know, Wolves did okay. You know, they hung in there for, for three, uh, three uh, quarters or so, maybe a little bit more than that. Um, and yeah, it was just, uh, overall though, the main takeaway, it was a very disjointed afternoon matinee game that was just kind of all over the place. I enjoyed that, you know, <clears throat> Trey Young did his patented, uh, you, you're running over a screen after me. I'm just going to stop. You're going to run into yeah. my back and I'm going to jump. And I love, was it Beasley who was doing to the ref, like showing his butt? He's <laughs> yeah. like, he stuck his butt out and he was like doing it demonstrably. He was mimicking. Yeah. And the ref was like, well, it wasn't like that. But I love that later in the game, uh, Trey got into foul trouble himself and D'Lo kind of gave him his own medicine back at some point, <laughs> which I thought was just poetic justice. But yeah, as you pointed out, Neil, like Trey Young is, he's scoring a lot, but it's, not, it's all coming from the free throw line pretty much. He's been shooting really poorly and he did not have a very good game except from the free throw line against yeah. the Wolves. So we'll see what they do tomorrow. We're recording this as always on Thursday night and hopefully everyone will be healthy and we'll play tomorrow against the Hawks and they I saw that DeAndre Hunter who killed us in this game. Mm, he was the best player in the game. Might yeah. be out tomorrow. Okay. Questionable. Yeah, Cam Reddish as well who didn't play in this game. He'll be out uh, on Friday uh, very likely as well. But uh, yeah, cool for the Wolves to play on MLK. Apparently they played a lot more. Dave Benz gave like the overall like Wolves record on MLK and it was like <laughs> they had played like 20 five times already or something sure. so but you know to play in atlanta during the day that's like they're a different, debuting the mlk yeah, jerseys you yeah. know that the pope um blessed yeah absolutely that's, that why, the wolves, that's why the wolves lost is because yeah. the pope blessed the jerseys even I, think. I mean you don't have to tell tim rolls fans that god hates us we we yeah. already knew that yeah yeah just rubbing it in at this point so uh yeah that was that was the afternoon game in atlanta it was fun to watch together though we need some cake so that's I, right still had a good time <laughs> Um, but yeah, footage. then moving to uh, moving to Wednesday, uh, the Wolves uh, hosted Orlando. Uh, Orlando uh, were losers of six straight. Uh, They're also missing a ton of guys. Decimated. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, they only played nine guys, and I don't think any of I don't uh, think it was like a coach's decision on anyone else. They don't just, have them. Yeah. So everyone's hurt. Fultz, Isaac, everyone's yep. really hurt right now. Yeah, and, uh, Fournier was coming back from a long absence uh, here. He, you know, this is his first game back. It's crucial. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was a pretty wild game here. I mean, uh, Vucevic got it going early on. He's just so good. You just forget about him because he's like a traditional center in a lot of ways. I mean, he shoots a three a lot now, yeah, but still, really well. still to be a back to the basket primarily guy, you know, it's just like he reminds me of like Al Jefferson or something. Where it's just like, oh, especially now, it's like that's so much out of vogue of like dump it into the big man and let him go. That's funny. When I was watching him, I also thought of Al Jefferson, wow, which yeah. was I was thinking just like you know because he's shooting it really well. He gets good numbers, and it's just yeah. like he never really gets talked about when you talk about best centers in the league or yeah. even like above average centers in the league. And he made the all-star game last year though. Yeah. So. And part of that is just because Orlando's not the biggest market. Like yeah. people aren't really tuning into magic games. It's yeah, not appointment yeah. viewing necessarily, but it just made me think like, he's just always kind of solid, good offensive production, just kind of under the radar because he's so solid. I'm like, he's kind of like big Al. <laughs> That's right. Kind of like big Al Jefferson, That's even though right. their games are very different, obviously. Yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, this game was, was pretty wild. I mean, the Wolves had a great first half. Ooh, um, what a fun first half. That was like, one. it's the duality of the Wolves, which we've discussed totally. a lot, which yeah. is that you can have this first half where you see the Wolves playing maybe their best basketball of the season, if yeah. not close to it. I think it was. Uh, they outscored uh, Orlando 30-10 to 10 in the second quarter, and <laughs> they got like five of those 10 points in the last two minutes. Like, at the end yeah. of the quarter, it was like... 30 to like six, you know, and they, or it's 30 to five. Yeah, I think they only had like three field goals in the quarter. It was right? incredible. Yeah, they yeah. couldn't do anything. And our defense was playing pretty good. We were scrambling, you know, we were showing what can happen. I was thinking, this is what Neil and I talked about, where this defense could work if everyone's, you know, causing the turnovers and, and just getting in people's way and using our advantages. And that was happening. And then you could see all the energy coming down on offense uh, from people because we're getting all those stops. And there was just moments where the team was all fired up. And I was like, man, this is as good as we look. This is super fun. And then we have the, probably the biggest gut punch of a loss, you know, of the season, merely because, one, we squandered a 20-point lead, which is always painful. But also, you know, it ended in, uh, you know, gut-punching fashion. I said gut-punch, heart-rending fashion with uh, Cole Anthony hitting the lucky three-pointer. Like, one, we did not play defense. We let him get all the way down court and let him get a shot off. But two, it wasn't – it was – kind of lucky too it wasn't like you know he set up a good three-point shot he was like turning his body midair and stuff when he shot it but to lose at a buzzer like that after leading basically the entire game was uh i hadn't felt that bad about the wolves in a while it's a good reminder of what the wolves can make you feel like yeah yeah and just like going back to a little bit earlier it was just you know orlando just like reminded me of like watching the wolves sort of recently you know when they were kind of going bad it was just like oh man they're all out of sync like they're missing guys like they don't look like they really like want to be here so it was like weird to be on the other side of that for a while Vucevic was easy even missing like yeah close shots like not not missing them close like they were way off he had some like bunnies and stuff that looked like an Anthony Edwards layup attempt yeah and and another interesting things in this game was was you know Jaden McDaniels who we're going to talk about here coming up in full court press but he got a lot of minutes again I mean 26 minutes or something yeah both games this week he played in the first half and you could argue maybe he should have played two or three more minutes (laughs) uh, because the final lineup on the floor at the end of the game a lot of people were questioning it it was uh, you know the two point guard lineup with McLaughlin and Russell out there at the same time, along with Beasley and was it Nas on the floor yeah, at the end of the game? Yeah, yeah. And who is our who is our last one? Um, Okogi, I think. Okogi, yes, yeah, at the four. Yeah. And uh, they did not play very well, and it makes you wonder if maybe we could have held on to that lead if. Vanderbilt was on the court or Jaden McDaniels was on the court, you know? Yeah. To me, it was just about playing J-Mac. I mean, uh, he was fine in his stint. I just don't know why they, he, why Saunders left him out there to play with D'Lo. It's like that, 
A, like D'Lo off the ball hasn't really worked that well, whether it be Rubio or or uh, J-Mac, who's the other guy out there with him. And also it was like it just didn't – you already saw it in this game that like Russell had it going in the pick and roll. So why would you move him off the ball and play this lineup that like hadn't been doing anything this, this season or this game? It was just like a very head-scratching, like maybe just trying to get too cute there at the end of the that game. That's another thing about this game. First half, Russell was awesome. He had like 20-plus yeah. points, nailing threes all over the place, just couldn't miss. Second half, he just gave us nothing. And in the fourth quarter, right. he scored zero points, I believe. Yeah. And then Beasley were one for six in the fourth quarter, which, you know, once again, these guys are your scorers. Maybe we should give them the ball a little bit. This is what we complain about when Cat's on the floor. We're, we're, going, we're getting on down on these like 10-2 runs, 12-2 runs. It's like maybe we should give the ball to the best player on our team and see what he can do on offense. But it just feels like these guys disappear when we need him the most and that's you know a little bit like we said on Saunders having J-Mac you know with the ball in yeah, his hands but D'Lo in a good place you know position to be right he can't successful. create for himself unfortunately but yeah. it just I wonder you know because Beasley is such a Jekyll and Hyde this season I mean so, some of it's been home road splits where he's mm-hmm. you know 20 plus yeah. points a game at home he's like 14 points on a game on the road but it just seems like he can really disappear for long stretches at a time and uh, our offense just needed anything and those, those guys did not come through for us yeah i mean the wolves definitely should have won this game and just like the latest uh fourth quarter collapse i mean the wolves are now one in five uh when taking a lead into the fourth quarter so that's a huge stat of just like that just kind of tells you everything you need to know about how this team has this inability to uh close out games so Definitely something that needs to get figured out, but you know, like, you know, everyone kind of points to the youth, and that go only goes so far. I mean, you, at some point, you still got to find a way to win. You know, other teams can win when they're missing guys or when they're young or whatever. So, it's kind of kind of got to you know put that behind you and still find a way to to win this game. So, definitely a big black eye here. I mean, definitely reminds reminds you of the Oklahoma City game, uh, <laughs> right? The free throw game from last year, the Chris Paul shorts game or whatever, yeah. like tucking your shirt game. Like oh. that was one of the first things that I was reminded of and then uh yeah some some buzzer beaters from the past um so. this is the worst loss so. this is the worst loss of the season though right because i know yeah. there's been blowouts there's been times where the game has been over at halftime because we let the clippers score 75 points in the first half and stuff and those games felt bad because we were never competitive it was a blowout the entire game it was just a week ago we were saying that memphis game was the worst loss of the season well, right because you know, like they, tune in next week everybody yeah. for the new, the new worst loss of the yeah. season because just something about this team is worse than Memphis, I believe. Yeah, I don't know. Memphis had nobody. Memphis had nobody. So yeah. maybe Memphis is still worse. But it's just like this team was really hurt. They were not scoring at all. This was a game as again, six John, in a row. As Johnny K, the Athletics John yeah. Krasinski reported, this is not a game where the Timberwolves were beat. This is a game that the Timberwolves lost. They went out there and they authored this loss themselves. They gave this game away with their really bad play. So and then, you know, just the sucker punch of that shot at the end. Ugh. Yeah, I mean, you get the re- they get the rebound three seconds remaining and run it down and shoot it. Like, and it's like, that, it doesn't hmm, get any worse than that. How do we not have guys back? <laughs> how do they not know that, hmm, maybe if this if, if Vanderbilt doesn't hit this free throw, we should all get back? Yeah, it's going to be a heave. <sighs> so, uh, yeah, that's a tough one. But uh, We should also count how many times a season Saunders just has a timeout go to waste in his pocket you know, at the end of a yeah, game. Where it's like, just call, just call one, man. Yeah, like, set something too. up. Get your guys prepared, you know? Like, you have the youngest team in the league. You guys are always saying, like, oh, we're so young. We need to grow. We need the experience and it's just like well then maybe uh call plays for them instead of being like oh let's just let them run the ball up they, they know what they're doing no they don't you know that's what you're saying after every game because right. we're too young so maybe uh call a timeout yeah have a teaching moment there all right that's a week recap uh, no no off-brand player of the week this yeah, week uh, yeah. just because uh, we only had the two games and most of the guys who uh 
went off were you know starters starters yeah. or yeah like you said with deandre hunter a top five pick you yeah. know so He's playing well all season right not not necessarily anything that'll knock off-brand players off. have to be someone like comes out of nowhere and you know they just like yeah they're like deep deep rotation guys or really young or like yeah just like not you know second round pick or something it's like, like that. you said though uh it's like Jaden mcdaniels would be the off-brand player of the week yeah here's the number 28th pick who's only done garbage time all season and all of a sudden he comes in and is cooking you 12 <laughs> points like eight rebounds like three steals three blocks whatever he was just having having himself a game yeah the quote has to be who is this guy yeah, yeah that's just, yeah. and i'm sure the magic fans were asking themselves that yesterday what J- <laughs> J- Din mcdaniels <laughs> exactly um all right let's uh let's go to full, full court press here here's the tip all right. Well, we have to start with the COVID absences. They have uh, they have hit the whole league in general, but now the Wolves have uh, been affected. Uh, it's almost like the yeah. NBA should have done what, something like they did last season, or maybe they could have learned their lessons from every other pro league that yeah. you know went before them this season. It's a uh, it's kind of surprising that they're being uh, they changed up the rules and now everyone's getting sick, huh? Yeah, they have uh, they have a lot of teams who are uh, who are going through it right now, and the Wolves are among them. And uh, had been had been COVID free for the first few weeks. Thought you might, uh, you know, I don't know. I guess at some point it's going to touch everybody, and then I don't know what's going to come first. Whether it'll be like, okay, a lot of players have already had it, <laughs> and so like these teams will maybe be a little better at it, or there'll hopefully be vaccines coming out. I mean, I don't know. Obviously, it's a controversy of like, should the NBA players get one right. before everybody else? So you know, yeah, obviously the there'll be good role models <laughs> by by giving it to the <laughs> NBA players. Public. The rest of the country will trust it, yeah. and you know. Maybe that's true. I don't yeah. know. I uh, guess like, yeah. it's just it's kind of like degree. it's kind of like let's make an excuse so we don't have to explain why LeBron James deserves a vaccine shot more than your grandmother. Uh-huh. You know? uh-huh. um, but yes, yeah, so um, the big one though, Carl Anthony Towns um, announced he had COVID um, last week. And, uh, yeah, that's a big one just for, for his, I mean, obviously it's, you know, the best player on the team. So anytime that player can't play, that's a big deal. But then obviously you tie in all the um, family history and loss he's already had due to this pandemic. And it's just, uh, extra tough to see, uh, Carl Anthony Towns, uh, come down, uh, with the virus. Yeah. And you got to imagine he was being, you know, taking more precautions than anyone just because of what his family's gone through. Yeah. I mean, I see it's, it's I don't want to judge. Yeah. You know, I see his Instagram stories where he's got like a bunch of his friends over, but I'm sure those friends are also doing like testing regularly and doing all the right things because I, I just can't see Cat taking risks, you know? And yeah. that's why it's such a bummer. And who knows? Maybe he got it from like Ricky or Wancho, you know? That could very well be. Ricky's already had it. And yeah. So I guess, have we heard that they Ricky or Wancho has tested positive? Or they, what was the issue? Still not officially, but okay. the fact that they've both been out you know, for over a week seems to be that they both have it again, you know? I mean, I think you can be, I don't totally know how all this stuff no, works. No, you, you can get it again. No, 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 I'm saying, I don't know how the protocols work of like, if you're just in the like contact tracing circles, then maybe you're out for a few games, okay, but you don't yeah. have to be out for the two weeks or whatever. But yeah, it's definitely, yeah, as far as, yeah, I think the, some of the science is, you know, I think you, immunity is is sort of determined to be around 90 days, like you're pretty much good for it. But after that, you can you can re-get it. So, um, so yeah, you got to be careful out there. And uh, the Wolves have three players who apparently have COVID right now. One of them we know for sure. The other two are very likely. Um, so, yeah. And I guess we're lucky that, you know, with the... 
you know, tight environments these teams are operating in. They're practicing, sharing a locker room, sharing planes. That we're lucky that more people didn't get it. I suppose, you know. Yeah, it could have been a thing. Yeah, a lot of these teams that can't play, you know, they postpone these games when teams don't have eight guys right. ready to go. And so the Wolves, you know, are avoiding that right now by only having three outs. But who knows where this could go? You could at any point you could play a team and catch it and all this stuff. So you're always on edge as far as like are these are these games going to happen and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, the Wolves you know are missing uh, missing three key players now. They've they've been out for a week and uh, NBA rule is uh, anyone who this is a quote anyone who tests positive will have two routes to return to work. Go to ten days or more. After, or excuse me, go 10 days or more after the first positive test or onset of symptoms, or test negative twice at least 24 hours apart via PCR testing. So it has been about seven games uh, for those three players. So seven days. Uh, seven days, yes. Um, so, you know, hopefully here by Monday, Monday they play Golden State. So, Maybe you could see them return then or maybe the game after that. So hopefully it won't be too much longer um, and we'll get these guys back. Um, and hopefully it won't to, take them to, too long to get back in game shape. Obviously, when you have COVID, you can't do the yeah, conditioning well, work I, you need to stay in shape. Well, so. and there's protocols around that, too, of like they, can, they can't like be on the team, obviously. But I don't think they, they can even do like one-on-one workouts because they want them to be safe and not working right. out and busting their ass while they're sick. And you know? especially if you have it, you know, I mean, maybe hopefully Carl has it and he's symptom free. But yeah. You know, it's a problem that affects your breathing, which could stop you from running on a treadmill even if you're just, you know, secluding yourself in quarantine. So maybe low minutes when they come back to start or ramp them up. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, something like that. It's just so upsetting, though, because what we've talked about these past few weeks about how hard it is to watch this team without Towns and how exciting the team is to watch when Towns is there. But also just how we've been saying all season, like this team was built – we said at the beginning of the season, I predicted 29 wins. I think you said 28 maybe. Yeah. And we said, you know, this is assuming Carl Anthony Towns plays every game. This is assuming that we don't have any, you know, yeah. brutal injuries or guys missing major time. And, you know, the the team was built on the premise that we can take – we have got the depth as long as Carl Anthony Towns doesn't go missing. Because if Carl Anthony Towns goes missing for any length of time, we actually don't have an NBA team, full team here because we did such a poor job of – building this roster with uh, front court depth that when he misses time, all of a sudden you're starting Ed Davis or Nas Reed and really relying on guys like Jaden McDaniels. And I think that, you know, there's a lot of blame going around, a lot of finger pointing at Ryan or D'Lo, but let's also point a finger at Rosas, everybody. This was his choice to have this roster. Once again, second year in a row, he built a roster that is not competitive and we're once again, you know, at the bottom of the league. So just, you know, I'm generally on Rosas' side. I still, um, you know, more positive about the front office than negative but it's just you got to point out you know like what can ryan do with this squad he has right now yeah yeah it's it's hard it's again like you said lots of blame to go around but yeah rosas built the team with full health um in mind and so far that team has looked pretty good but unfortunately they haven't been healthy and to me that's where the transfer comes on to the blame goes on to ryan where it's like okay you have to be the one where if things go poorly you kind of come up with a way to make this work you know, so I mean, I'm not trying to absolve Rosas. Yeah. I mean, again, yeah. everybody's no, to blame a little bit saying. here. But to me, it's like it's on Rosas to put together the team that is going to play well when fully healthy. But as the coach, I don't know. Again, we look back at Memphis and the way they were able to keep their head above the water with John Morant out. I think they went like four and four or four. But and like three. we said with Memphis, that team is built. John Morant misses time. Tyus Jones is there. Yeah. You know, if uh, Jarrett Jackson Jr. misses time, you 
still have Jonas Valanciunas, who is a league average center. Yeah, at the they very were worst. built. They were built with a better backup plan. Yeah, and yeah. so and they didn't even play Gorky Jane, you know, who yeah. we know is a NBA level player, rotation mem- level player. So it's just like I agree, it is on Ryan, but Neil, like, let's see what Cope, what, what Popovich would do with this roster right now, you know, because <laughs> what are you going to do yeah. with Nas and Ed and Davis as your only bigs? You know, they're both six nine. Yeah, and then again, it's on the players to to pull it off too. Everybody's got to do a little bit, and I think that's where it comes in the youth. Unfortunately, is like it seemed like the Wolves had some depth, but I think we might have overlooked like, sort of how young a lot of that depth was. And Youngest stuff, team in the league. When stuff's not going well, then that can be tough. <laughs> um, but yeah, hopefully that gets turned around here. Hopefully the uh, players come back, and um, you know they're not too much worse for the wear of having this uh, pretty rough uh, disease. And yeah, like you said, it affects your respiratory system and stuff like that. So hopefully they can be all right moving forward. Um, it would be such yeah. a Timberwolves thing for Towns to like be limited forever because he had COVID and it's reduced his capacity for physical activity. I'm just thinking like, oh, yeah. I mean, we're the only team in the league that is only retired numbers a dead player. So it's kind of the snake bit Tim Rolls franchise luck right there. Absolutely. All right. Onward. He's hitting up. Rest in peace, Malik Seeley. All right, time to talk about Anthony Edwards. We're gonna we're gonna um, the last two bits of uh, full court press here are gonna be talking about uh, the rookies, kind of looking in on how they have uh, looked this season. I bet I'd be a one from day one. <laughs> well, day one you were all right, but it's uh, you know day thirty or whatever we're on right now that. Ooh. I mean, you hear about a rookie wall. Usually you don't hit it in the first month of the season, but Anthony Edwards definitely has been hitting it. I think over the last five games, he's been shooting 20% from the field and from three, or maybe even lower than that. Wow. He's I been very. He's been struggling a lot lately, and I, if you've been watching the games, you know that. Yeah. So uh, Edwards has played in all thirteen games, uh, and uh, he's about playing playing about twenty five minutes per game coming off the bench for a total of three hundred twenty five minutes, and he's third on the team in usage. I thought that was interesting. Um, uh, yeah, behind Towns and and Russell. So yeah, when he's out there, he's. He's on the ball, right? He's 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 taking shots or making plays or turning the ball over. You know, he's doing all those things, and um, yeah, I think it's interesting that uh, yeah, I don't know, I don't know if he's like hit a wall because to me, a wall sort of refers to more of like uh, conditioning or just like the you know the the, the amount of games kind of gets sure. cut up to you where it just seems like he's just missing shots, right? Like he seems he's missing to, everything. Not only is his jump shots not falling, but now when he gets to the rim, it's it's never going in. He looks like Jarrett Culver last year when he gets the rim it seems like he's playing the same way but the outcomes really have been like oh no like at first everything was going in right and we're like oh my god he's he's ready to go right now he's a pro right away and i i don't know if i just notice it more i mean he's always been not shy of taking his shot yeah but it just feels like uh maybe i just notice it more because they're all clanks now but he (laughs) he's chucking the ball i was on the drive over here i was like don't listen to that dane moore podcast you'll get all those talking points in your head like you do so (laughs) why don't we tune into this low post podcast where they talk about the rookies and Lo, Zach Lowe call him a chucker because he gets like he comes in and put up six shots in a minute or something. He's averaging 19 shots per 36 minutes right now. Like I said, third in the team in usage. Yeah. He's getting it up. And so on one hand, that's bad. You know, you can't be doing that. But on the other hand, is it I feel like I'm a little bit more sympathetic to it because we've watched Jarrett Culver and Josh Okoge and a bunch of guys like Jeff Teague who just had no confidence in their shot whatsoever. And, you know, you see Jarrett Culver, you know, one of the killer plays last night is he drives it to the rim and then decides instead of going up to the rim to bounce it off. Uh, I think it was uh, Nas's shoes or was oh, it Davis's yeah, shoes? Yeah, Anyways, he bounced it off of the guy's shoes. And we've seen this like Okoge does this too, where they crash, they go into the rim and then they lose confidence and throw a bad pass and it's a turnover. And yeah, you can't have it both ways. You want, you want them to, 
put so up the that's shot. That's why right? I, mm-hmm. I'm more okay with him just chucking because I'm like, at least he's not being a coward like, you know, Kogi and Culver can be where it's like, well, now yeah. you didn't take the shot and you hurt your team by turning it over. A, a, a missed shot is better than a turnover any day of the week. Yeah, or you'll get like three seconds because like they thought you were going to shoot it and all this stuff. So yeah, yeah get it up there. But uh, speaking of shooting, pulled some stats here for, for Anthony Edwards. Um, I think his shot location stuff's pretty good. He's shooting 40% of his shots from behind the three-point line, and he's shooting 35% of his shots in the restricted area, zero to three feet. And then the other 25% is like, you know, in in the paint, uh, not restricted area or in mid-range. So sure. I think that's a pretty good, um, you know, he's taking the right shots. Now, whether he's taking too many of them or too early in the shot clock, maybe so. But as far as location only, I think it's it's going pretty well. Um, he's shooting uh, 27% from three on 69 attempts. Um, and that's that comes out to 5.3 attempts per game. So, again, he's getting them up there, I think, behind D'Lo and, and, um, and Beasley. That's uh, second most on the – or three, third most on the team as far as three-point attempts go. Uh, unfortunately, his true shooting is, is falling off a cliff. He's down to 44% on true shooting, which takes into account two-point percentage, three-point percentage, and free-throw percentage, and uh, league average is 56% there. So you'd like to see him more around league average. Um, and um, Also, I think Andrew Wiggins' true tr- shooting percentage has been higher than that his oh entire gosh. career. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then and then uh, 6.9 drives per game is the other interesting shooting thing for, uh, for uh, uh, Anthony Edwards here. He's fourth on the team behind uh, Rubio, Russell, and Beasley as far as who drives the most. I mean, he's certainly taking the ball the whole two. I mean, yeah, he's he is a chucker in that way. He is getting up those threes, but he's also putting the ball on the floor almost an equal amount and getting to the rim. Um, you know, and he just has such an amazing first step to get by guys. It's not it's not really about his ability to get to the rim. It's kind of what he does when he's there. And um, as Jim Pete um, mentioned on the broadcast the other night, you know, you're getting a lot of uh, kind of cl- clutch shots and double pumps and stuff like that, which. You know, he just needs to get a little more craft. I do, I do appreciate that he goes to the offhand and tries to lay it in with the left. And the other night we saw the big dunk and stuff. So I think that stuff will come in time. I'm not too worried about uh, about the the accuracy around the rim right now. Uh, Andrew Wiggins has a career .52 and 52 percent true shooting, and he's only been under 500 uh, or 50 percent. He's only been under 50 percent one time, okay. one, one season in his career. So, yeah, Anthony Edwards making Andrew Wiggins look like an efficient player. Well, it would just help if he gets to the free throw line a little bit more to yeah. drive that true shooting percentage. And up. some of that, some you know, after he complained after the the Atlanta game about how he's not getting any calls, a lot of people went online, looked at the footage, and found that he is not getting calls. He is yeah. really getting hit and not getting any whistles. That's the, that's what happens to rookies, unfortunately. Yeah. You know that's. Unfortunately, that you don't get respect as a rookie, and you're just going to have to play through that, and you get even more physical. And um, so, yeah, hopefully that will happen in time. I know they talked to him before the uh, Orlando game, and they asked him about his shot not falling, and he said, "Ryan told me to just take it to the rim. Then, if my shot's not falling, and you know, he had that great dunk. dunk it. Yeah, yeah, he had a great dunk early against Orlando. But then he's uh, he took it to the rim a lot in that game, and it was just." Like I said, the first time we've seen some Jarrett Culver out of him in terms of just like putting up a bunch of shots on the glass that did not touch the rim eventually. Like how many bricks did he have around around the rim or yeah. in the restricted area? Last and he night? finally got fouled once, so <laughs> he finally got a little respect. But right, yeah. exactly. Seems like he's getting frustrated there. Um, all right, what else do we have here, Scott? We got points per possession in ISO. Uh, I saw this NBA Central tweeted this uh, four hours ago. And the top three guys in the league in uh, points per possession in ISOs. Number one, Montrez Harrell with 1.57 points. Number two, Bradley Beal, 1.48 points. Anthony Edwards, 1.42 points per ISO. 
So that's a really good number. Um, maybe we need to run some more ISOs for him. It's something I've definitely noticed, especially when Ricky was playing, is that how many times that they would Ricky would give him the ball and everyone would kind of clear out. And then it was Anthony Edwards at the top of the key with the ball and he's running the show. And I was like, wow, you're really going to have Ricky out there and not have him have the ball in his hands. You know, he can't make life easier for Edwards if he's just standing off to the side. But apparently Edwards and ISO is uh, pretty efficient. So yeah. that's uh, something to keep your eye on going forward is when he does something nice. Was he an ISO before that? Just or when you see him at ISO, be like, "Ooh, I'm going to sit forward on my seat a little bit." And, pay and attention. again, he has that that first step. He can get by just about anybody with that first burst, you know, and get yeah. into the lane. So athletic too. So I, I think it'll be okay. Uh, John, a uh, friend of the show, John Meyer, did throw some water on this uh, on this tweet. Though, did you see this? Uh, apparently, it's like 12 possessions for, for oh, him or something. So still oh, small, but small sample you know, size. I think a lot of these guys could maybe say some of the same thing. I'm sure Harold hasn't had that <laughs> isolations yeah, either. Beal probably has, but. But it's still a good number overall, and I still think the the point is like he can handle this stuff, and I think you're seeing a little bit of his future. Um, two things I think he just needs to work on is, or sorry, I, I, yeah, I think he needs to work on off ball defense, obviously, and then you know, like we talked about finishing through contact, getting be able to score after you get hit, whether there's a foul or not, you know, get to the line, you know, and uh, yeah, maybe a little bit of uh, shot profile stuff, you know, and, you know, just 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 keep you know working through the offense, especially early in the shot clock, you know, like save those shots for when it's bailout time, not not. As Really, 16 left on the shot clock. And I think, like, the defense has been exactly as was advertised before the draft, where you know, when he gets on ball and it's one on one and he gets to feel like I'm playing in the NBA, he can he can he stay can up. stick on his man, you yeah. know. But when it comes to stuff where, you know, even like his man always beats him back or if he's back, he, if he's the guy in the backcourt and there's a transition happening, but it's not his guy with the ball then he'll let that guy get to the room because it's not his man, you know? And so it's just a lot of defensive like lapses where he's not paying attention or just not giving the effort when the ball, like you just said, off ball defense, when the ball isn't in his opponent's hand, you know? Absolutely. So, so Anthony Edwards sends that one through the halo with some serious authority. His numbers look really bad right now, but I still like by watching all the game tape, I still feel pretty confident yeah. in what he has. Yeah. You know, he's, the athleticism is real. The passing is real. I think that he's just in his head a little bit with a shooting slump. He'll come out of it. And hopefully he just, uh, you know, because he's shown the ability to drive, collapse the defense, and kick out. So just, you know, a couple more passes per game, a couple less shots per game, and you'll get there. He'll be all right. All right, next next here. He's on fire! One more rookie to talk about. The, the very surprising, uh, as, as we mentioned, uh, real rotation minutes. For the 28th pick. <laughs> yes, Jaden McDaniels out of Washington is uh, is playing right now with Wancho out, with uh, Lehman kind of falling out of favor. Um, you know, we have uh, Vanderbilt in the in the starting lineup, and, uh, you know, McDaniels has, has really has been the backup four this yeah. week in, who, in both who, games. Who would have known two weeks ago if you said the power forward rotation is going to be Vanderbilt and McDaniels in two weeks? It's wild, but that's how seasons go. And you have an idea of what's going to happen, and then it all kind of blows up, and you got to figure out what's next. So <laughs> It's uh, especially wild when you consider he didn't have a good year in college. He was yeah. one of the top prospects coming out of high school, like a lot of these guys are, like Nas was and stuff. Yeah. And then by the end of his freshman season in college, he was coming off the bench. He was 
so bad. They had to bench him and have him come off the bench. And so really just kind of a lost year in college. So you do, you thought he'd be a developmental project. Like maybe this guy yes. won't get any minutes this season. He'll be in the D League most of the season. Of course, he's with the team now because the D League isn't happening quite yet. Right, you know? right, right. If it was a normal season, I think he wouldn't be getting his minutes because he'd be in Iowa. Probably so, yeah. But, uh, you know, staying ready and stepping up to the, you know, the minutes he's been getting, he he was impressive yesterday. Yeah, he was he was out there for a while. I think he, uh, he had a, basically his career high and everything, you know, minutes. I think he played 24 minutes. So, you know, he's only played seven games. He's only played 76 total minutes. So like a third of his minutes total in the NBA came the other night against yeah. Orlando. Um, you know, so, you know, he's out there doing some things. He's just a super athletic, you know, wiry uh, kind of just, yeah, kind of a 3-4, I guess. I've been playing primarily at the power forward, like we said. But, um, yeah, it's kind of just super interesting just to see what he can do at the NBA level. And like you said, he doesn't have a lot of, like, tape or, like, a lot of, like, stuff to go on from last season. It's really, like you said, he's a project. Well, I think that is playing to his credit right now because – yeah. He is doing some stuff that you wouldn't expect out of him, like the way he can do that crossover dribble and <laughs> put it on the floor. And even the shooting, yeah. you look at him, is kind of a bigger guy. You know, he's 6'9", which means he's tied yeah. for second tallest on the league <laughs> or on the on team. team yeah. And, uh, you know, he's, he's doing some stuff that the opposing defense probably didn't think he could do. Yeah, he's not so really in the report yet. It's one of those things when the scouting <laughs> report gets out, it's like, oh, actually, you step up to this guy. He can shoot the three all right. Or yeah. watch, be careful. He might drive, even though he looks like a giant stick figure, you know. <laughs> then, then it might be a little bit harder for him to have the effectiveness he had but that's kind of i guess the idea of putting in a guy the other team hasn't seen is you might get Mm -hmm. some some energy out of a guy that they don't know how to defend yet you know yeah and he's shooting 12 24 overall and 7 to 15 from three so three-point shot looks really good you know i think he's got a good like high release and i think mechanics look pretty good so you know i think he can profile as kind of a stretchy um, kind of small ball, small ball power forward out there for you, and you know who knows if he can play alongside Towns or what. Whereas you know his actual role will be on this team when fully healthy, but. Uh, hey, I think he's kind of shown that he can at least uh, give you some serviceable minutes and do some things out there. And for the Wolves, hey, they got a, they got a bunch of young guys. And as much as we'd like to see them compete for the playoffs this year and stuff, it also is about you know playing Anthony Edwards and playing McDaniel's and Jared Culver and seeing what you got still in these guys. It's still development in a big way for a lot of these guys. So it's it's still important that they that they play. And it's pretty fun that you know we have between him and Vanderbilt guys who are really that Andre Karolinko steals and blocks kind of mode, you know, the stocks there, I think is what some people call them when you get the steals and the blocks combined because he had three blocks yesterday and, you know, I've seen him get some steals in garbage time before. So I think that those guys can really muck up the defense and having guys like that, especially when they're thinner guys like uh, Vanderbilt and especially McDaniels, what a twig, Uh, you know, that's, that's how you got to get your turnovers on defense. Um, we need a nickname, though, for Jaden McDaniels. Uh, the broadcast brought up the idea of uh, J-Mick, although that was kind of a joke, I think, uh, from, from Ben's there. We have J-Mac, and so yep, we can't... Laughlin, uh, Jaden McDaniels can't also be J-Mac, so could he be J-Mick? And then Canis Hoopis has been uh, running on the Gumby idea. I don't know if there's really any background to that. Maybe some of our Canis colleagues can let us know and uh, what the deal is there. Jake's graphs made, a, made an image maybe you saw of Gumby. I think it's just his weird body type, like with the long arms yeah. and you know, all that so I think it's just like he's a wiry kind of uh, Gumby looking guy out there maybe the hair kind of gets into it a little bit you know kind of the bigger sure. hair uh, looking Gumby like but you know I don't know we need a nickname so I think you know we don't have to figure it out right now but I think that's something that we'll be watching as the season goes on is does he develop a nickname two words slim 
Reaper. <laughs> yeah, KD like rejected that one. I think actually so. he's embracing it now. This, oh, se- this oh, season oh. he said I didn't feel like I was a Slim Reaper before, but now I've reached a point in my career where I think I have lived up. All I can right. live up to the name Slim okay. Reaper. So whatever, KD. It's off the table. It's good then. that you eventually accepted that because you've turned down so many great nicknames. Durantula. What a great nickname that was. Slim yeah. Reaper is perfect for him though. So yeah. maybe there's another Slim thing. Not like Slim Shady, but uh, you know we'll be thinking of it. We'll figure it out eventually. Yeah, we'll, we'll name them. It'll be all right. All right, cool. That's uh, that's uh, that's full court press. Let us hear your nickname ideas because I know yeah. you're you're all creative we and need funny. Help. Yeah, we need help out here. Hit us up, Wolfscast on Twitter, or just comment on this post in Canis. Let's go. All right, time to pay the bills. It is sponsor time. Let's uh, let's jump right into it. And now it's time for a public service announcement from the 46th president of the United States of America. Now that I'm president. I'm not going to waste a second of time getting to work on my promises to the American people. It's like my granddad always would say. He'd say, Joe, never waste a second that you'll need in the future. So I'm here today on my second day as president to announce that the White House once again welcomes NBA championship teams. When I worked with my best friend Barack for eight years, we loved, and I mean loved, to host basketball teams at America's house. I remember when we met Steph Curry and Kevin Durant, and I challenged them to a game of two-on-two against me and Barack. You might not know this, but I modeled my free throw shooting after a hero from my youth, Rick Barry. I never miss, but Barack was always embarrassed when I'd toss it up underhanded. Anyway, I was saying, I was talking to Steph and J.R. Smith, and I said, let's play two on two. You can be shirts and we'll be skins. And then Barack told me that was malarkey and wouldn't be on my team. Yes, those were some of my favorite days as vice president. Anywho, it's been too darn long since an NBA champion has given the president of America, a president for all Americans, no matter what side of the aisle they sit, has been given a personalized jersey with their presidential number on it. I want those snazzy uniforms, so I'm going to invite the past four champions to come visit. Give old Joe a number 46 Warriors jersey. Print Biden on the back of that Lakers jersey. And heck, we even welcome our Canadian friends to join the fun. I promise to repair our relationship with our international companions after all. Just like I fulfilled my promises to fight street youths growing up in Pennsylvania, I will fulfill my promise to be a president for all Americans, be they NFL players, NHL stickmen, or even those MLB baseballers. Welcome back to the White House. This has been a public service announcement from the President of the United States of America. And up next, time to predict it. We'll predict it. Right, we are predicting the future, Scott. It is that time again. Every uh, every few months, we uh, we put our put our hats on and we think into the future, um, and we think about what we see. You know, we're we're looking deep into what will become. And uh, sometimes we see some some visions. We see some. I'm sick uh, of that approach. Ooh. This time I used a time machine. Went to the future. No saw it was going to happen. Came back. Oh my god! If it gosh. doesn't happen, it's because I stepped on a butterfly or something. Changed the changed what was going to happen. But th- today it's not visions. It's recollections of okay. what I saw when I was back in the future. Wow, that's amazing. Well, you might do better than me then. Uh, we each have uh, two predictions here. One a little more short term, and one uh, that we can uh, kind of uh, look at the entire season here. Let's have you and, start now. Uh, see. Okay. Let's hear your short term one. All right, my short term uh, prediction is that Ricky Rubio will be traded 
at the NBA trading deadline, which is coming up quick here, just two weeks away, February 6th. This is the most shocking part of your prediction, Neil, is that the trade deadline is <laughs> only two weeks away. It feels like the season just started. I mean, the Timberwolves have played 13 of, what is it, 72 games? Yeah. And already the trade deadline is here. It's weird that they didn't move that further back in the season, considering the late start. Yeah, it seems like this is like the normal date for it. Yeah, like, exactly. Like early, around, like mi- early mid-February is like when it happens, and this is like, I It's like th- there are teams where it's like, they haven't even played together for very many games. So how do you know who you want to trade or what you need or, you know? Yeah, it's coming at the like quarter quarter season mark, I guess. Super but weird. You got to figure it out. But you know, I think for, you know, for the Wolves, you know, Ricky has um you know, hasn't hasn't really like lived up to what I think the team wanted from him and now he's out with COVID again and stuff. So, you know, I, I don't know. I think the Wolves We'll try and mix it up here a little bit. You know, Rosas has always been, uh, that's the one thing. He's been uh, as consistent at uh, making deals. And, uh, it's you the know, Gupta factor. Yeah, the carousel of, pl- of players. And I don't know. I, I was thinking about this other night, which just, um, don't get me wrong. You know, I don't think J Mac should have been out there at the end of the game in Orlando, but I think he's been really good when he's been playing for the most part. You know, he's been at least solid and has been like a star or anything. But, you know, I think the combination of Ricky not playing that well. J Mac coming back to this team, you know, they traded for Ricky probably with the idea that J Mac might not be back, but then everything happened with his contract situation where no one else had had a deal for him. And so he's just back on the two way or whatever. So I don't know. I think they kind of had found money there a little bit. So I think it gives them the ability to move on from Ricky a little bit earlier than they maybe thought they might, might have. And again, I think they, they need help in other positions. I guess everybody wants them to get PJ Tucker and stuff, but they probably need a power for, they need some front court help. Um, so I think they might try to make a move. And I think that Ricky Rubio's salary, sure. He hasn't played that well this year, but I still think he has value in the league and there might be another team that could use him. Maybe a more of a contending team could use him as a backup or something like that. And so I don't know. I wouldn't like like to see this happen, but if I have to look ahead to the trade deadline, I think he's the most likely guy to kind of go out, um, unless they're going to trade a pick or something like that. But yeah, that's my prediction that uh, he'll he'll be gone in the trade deadline. That's another reason why it's weird to have the trade deadline so soon. Is that <laughs> you know you would think maybe a contender has some big injury to a point guard, but I can't really think of it. Yeah, too many. I mean, Markel yeah. Fultz is out for the season. Maybe Orlando wants a point guard, but like. It's just weird. The money's owed. He's also owed it next season. That's yeah. the one thing where it's like, if it was James Johnson, it'd be an expiring. Now Ricky's not an expiring yeah. until next season. Yeah, you're trading for a year and a half for Ricky. And he hasn't played well at all, so that's going to hurt yeah. his trade. I feel like you're going to have to throw assets into Maybe this so. trade. Maybe so, so at that point, is it worth it? I don't know. All I know is Ricky's been really bad this season. And his fit with D'Lo, we speculated it could be a good fit. And as you said earlier on the pod, D'Lo has not been good in non-point guard minutes yeah, this season so he needs far. To be the one. So, um, it, but it's just so early to tell. You know, like there isn't a ton of minutes to go on yet. Yeah. I still think Ricky is getting to know everybody, playing himself into shape a little bit. So it, it, it does strike me that Ricky will be playing better if he sticks around. But uh, you know, when you have to make decisions in the next two weeks, who knows? Yeah. Totally. And we, I will, I will say there will be a move made. Sure, there's got to be something. So at this point, you you could just spin the dial and you know put your figuring down and make a prediction because the only non tradable guy on this team is Cat. You know, totally. so absolutely. All right, what you got for your first prediction, Scott? I decided to be positive, Neil. Nice. Not COVID positive though. Okay, yeah, you're negative there because I decided. You know what? This is a lot of negativity going on around here. So my prediction is that until the trade deadline, two weeks, like you said, uh-huh. there will not be another positive COVID test for the Timberwolves. Wow, that would be great. Not only for the guys who are, you know, playing right now, but that also means Carl, he's not going to have another positive test. Mm-hmm, Ricky, mm-hmm. Wancho, no more positive tests. Next two weeks, clean bill of health. 
Yeah, and and the staff as well, staff and coaches. That's all right. That. <laughs> well, yeah, it kind of goes without saying because if they get it, yeah. one of the players is going to get it. Yeah, so yeah, I just think that you know everyone got that real wake up call. You lose your best player, you know, and it shakes you up. And I think everyone's just going to be a little bit more strict about making sure they follow those guidelines. Yeah, and, and maybe maybe in the second half of the season you see some different things with the schedule. Maybe I don't know about less games, but maybe you'll see even more of this staying in market type of thing, or you'll see longer time in between games. Or I don't know, maybe there'll just be more built-in precautions as the season goes on to maybe lessen this type of thing. Or like you said, hopefully, you know, it's it's kind of a weird thing right now about who gets vaccines first. But you got to think the rich and famous will be high on that list. That's so, right. We're you not predicting. We're not saying whether it's right or wrong. It's right. just a prediction. And hey, there's a good there's chance. There's a good chance that there's, there's a good chance Ricky coming. Rubio will get vaccinated before <laughs> your grandmother, who's a school teacher, unfortunately. <laughs> That's right. That's you know. Right. Okay, cool. Good one. Um, all right, time for some uh, long, longer, uh, you know, longer term predictions here throughout the season. Uh, my prediction is uh, is that uh, Jared Vanderbilt will start more games than Juancho Hernan Gomez um, by the end of the season. Right now, uh, Hernan Gomez has started six, and Vanderbilt has started two, so he's got some ground to make up, but. I don't know. Uh, this one, this one, I don't know. I'm not too <laughs> confident in this one potentially, but I don't know. I think Vanderbilt has kind of shown what he can do. And I just wonder, I don't know. I, I, I do think that Wancho probably is overall the better player, but I think he might actually fit better, like with Rubio off, off the bench and stuff like that. Like I think he can, you know, he can not really take it as a demotion, but somehow just like, okay, this is actually a better role for you. And this is what we need for you right now. Whereas, um, you know, in the starting group, when Carl comes back, you know, we can have one guy out there who can't really shoot it. Everybody else can shoot it, but he can't, you know. Uh, uh, so Vanderbilt. Josh Akogi is not. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Well, that's tough. Because, yeah, that's the one wrench in this is like, I don't know if they want to start a bunch of non-shooters. Two, two guys towns. who can't shoot. Yeah. 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 So um, we'll see about that. But I just think uh, Vanderbilt has really raised his stock and really, really the Wolves just need to help, you know, defending and stuff. So I could see him uh, start more games and uh, want to. I think Jared Vanderbilt might be my new favorite player. <laughs> That's right. Jim, uh, Jim loves him. I, I have some arguments against it. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, One is we know Rosa sees this team as not a collection of players, but assets with rising and depreciating values. That's mm-hmm. how he views the NBA and players and the roster. And so what he has is an undervalued asset in uh, Juancho Hernan Gomez. Gomez. Yeah. You're paying him $7 million a year for the next two at least. Yeah. And you're just going to bench him or DNP him. And that's you're not going to be able to trade him for anything. He's just going to be stuck on your team if he doesn't yeah. get the minutes to prove himself. Whereas Jared Vanderbilt showing himself to be maybe a sneaky, you know, kind of folk hero of the NBA. You don't want him to get too much attention before his restricted free agency this offseason. So you can pull him down. You can hold his value down yeah, by yeah. not giving him the starting minutes and maybe try to pump up Wancho's value just enough so that you only have to attach a second round pick to get rid of him, not a first round pick. Yeah, yeah, this is it's uh yeah, things would be better if Wancho was was someone who could be a starter for you. That would be better for the team, but uh, I don't know, I haven't been too uh impressed with Hernan Gomez here and we'll see what happens the power forward position with the wolves is fascinating at this point could be it could be anybody from day to day we haven't really even talked about jake layman yeah i had some predictions around him that i decided (laughs) not to put on paper but yeah it's got to be tough to be jake layman right now there you go okay well which prediction are you going to put on paper scott well there's been a lot of buzz about the hot seat that Uh ryan saunders Uh finds himself upon so hot so hot and uh, it's hard. It's very hard. I would say impossible to make the case that he's a good NBA coach. But I mm-hmm. do think he will last till the end of the season. 
I'm not saying he'll be back mm-hmm. next year, but I don't think we're going to get a mid-season coaching change. I, I have a feeling Ryan's going to be here until the final game, unless they want to do him dirty like Smitch and let him know before <laughs> the final game that he's not coming back. Like the fans in the building know and stuff. Right, exactly. So uh, that's my prediction. Ryan, he's going to be given the rope to pull himself out or to hang himself with. And I think that, once again, he is the guy who's primed to be the scapegoat for Rosas to, you know, whenever we start turning the heat on Rosas, like I tried to do at the beginning of the podcast, uh, he's going to be pointing at Ryan Saunders and being like, no, just give me a chance with a new head coach. That wasn't my head coach. I wasn't allowed to bring in a head coach. Give me a couple more years. I'll show that. You know, it's it's going to be a scapegoat kind of thing. But once again, it's hard to feel too bad for Ryan because he clearly does not look like he's up to the job. But I was listening to the post-game press conference and Delos going to bat for him. Cat's still going bat for him. Delos yeah. said you can't really. He did put some of the blame after he said this, but he did say like you can't blame him. I feel bad for him. He's been given all these young players, and we, you know, we're not do, we're not performing up to yeah. that level. So his players are still defending him. If they have the vote of confidence, then I think that he's going to have enough cachet to continue on to. The the end of the season especially if it looks like it's a lost season anyways you know yeah totally i think yeah i think you're right i think i can't really see a scenario maybe you only do him a favor and fire him to be like we don't want your your record which is probably like 30 percent win percentage right now we yeah. don't want it to be so bad you'll never be hired again <laughs> so a favor for you as a favor we'll let you go early and let vanterpool you know coach the final 20 games of the season or yeah, something the pink slip favor here right exactly um well yeah i definitely think they'll hang on to him i just think it's probably the deal from the beginning and i don't know if he can survive this i mean I think in my in some ways he was sort of saved by this like oh they're bad but like he has all these like excuses right like Towns has hardly played Towns and D'Lo have played like five games together it's the story like, total of, story of stuff. his coaching career is excuses but, there's always been a reason why we haven't been able to judge it fully and I think it's we'll save him again here you know because yeah. if they were full strength in like two and ten or something then maybe he gets the axe but right. like if you can hide behind all these other things then maybe he's still there and I also think the other thing is like if they do move on from him it's like okay Vanterpool probably is like the interim coach and so it just and then it's gonna be messy next summer of like do you hire him or do you get someone new so uh, to your point I think it's just way more it's just way more clean to do it at the end of the year where there's gonna be new availabilities for coaches and stuff like that maybe Rosas has his eye on a couple different people so we'll see about that but yeah I'm with you that he'll he'll get the whole season and it just looks really rough right now so but yeah like you said he hasn't lost the locker room either. that's when you see a lot of stuff which is like Oh, guys aren't listening anymore. Lost the locker room. Like yeah. catchphrase thrown out there. So that hasn't happened yet. Like Ryan's the players' coach. They love him. The two most important players love him. So there you go. Yeah, Johnny K's gamer from last night's game was very brutal on the kind of the lack of maturity on the team saying like they yeah. celebrate when they win a quarter and then you know or they win a game and like apparently you know they were celebrating too much after that jazz win and then they got blown out by the lakers <laughs> and so it's kind of like an idea of like oh, maybe the team's not very mature you yeah. know and i think that's also something where well actually i don't know maybe you can blame ryan for that for not keeping them in line more yeah. but and so i think that you know with that indication that the the team might be uh, a little bit immature maybe it is nice that they haven't turned on each other there's they seem to be like it's kind of frustrating D'Lo acknowledges as much he's like I'm saying the same thing you know after every game I don't know what to tell you guys but we're young this is going to take time like everyone there's no finger pointing yet so to Ryan's credit I suppose the locker room hasn't turned on each other or turned on him yet so that's at least a silver lining who knows we'll it's hard it's hard to judge coaches in sports in general but especially in the NBA I think um, all right that's predictions that's predict it let us know what you predict coming up here for the wolves all right let's uh let's get you weekly wolfies now presenting your weekly wolfie 
Oh yeah, weekly Wolfies. Another week has gone by and more Wolfies must be awarded. So we're going to give them out here quickly. Scott, I started the I started the prediction. Why don't you start the weekly Wolfies? What you got for us this week? Well, we talked about it in the cold open, or I mean the intro to the show, everybody. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But uh, as, as much as we just called it Wolf's Minus, I'm actually a big fan of Wolf's Plus. I took the time yeah. to sit down and watch my first episode. Oh, I watched, watched Marnie's uh, episode because it was on the Fox Sports Go app because nice. I hadn't found the podcast. I found yeah. the podcast, yeah. but I was having trouble finding it. So I went on the Fox Sports Go app, watched the episode with uh, Jarrett Culver, and one, Marnie's great. She's a superstar. We've all mm-hmm. known that, but mm-hmm. she was really just like this the secret ingredient or the secret yes. weapon of Fox Sports for North because she's great twins games. She's great. Timberwolves games, her son sucks. Grady, let's, <laughs> let's get it together, man. But she's awesome. So I think that, uh, one, just a platform for her to shine. And she does shine. She she gets these players to feel comfortable. It feels more like a casual conversation between friends, which can be hard to do with players who are naturally, you know, kind of guarded around the media. So I think that she has a great way of bringing out, the, you know, the fun side of players. And this episode with Jarrett Culver, man, Jarrett, I hope he visited together because he's a great guy, it seems like. <laughs> I, I immediately liked him when I was watching his rookie video where he was like going shopping at Target. It was also a Target ad slash Timberwolves video last year where it was like, he's going yeah. to Target to buy stuff for his first apartment and stuff. And he got all the Spider-Man stuff. And I was like, yeah, you and me, man. We love Spider-Man. <laughs> but then he was talking about how one of his favorite TV shows is Big Brother, uh, which yeah. uh, my wife got me into. And I watch now every summer. It's a super fun show. It's on like three times a week. So you always have something to watch during the summer. It's great. I mean, then there's the 24-hour live security camera feeds as well and he was talking about how he wants to be a contestant and how him and his brothers you know talk about how they would do and who would be best at it and stuff and so that was really fun too and also they talked about his brothers on Wolves Plus his brother has like the fourth highest high jump in college history apparently or something wow, like that good so, genes yeah exactly so they talked about the genes a little bit like your parents athletes so uh, there's some fun video they you know the, there's a storyline about how he rented a house with a basketball court this summer saw a little footage that Maybe. court is not big enough for him to shoot corner three pointers <laughs> well that's what they're saying about Beasley too. It's yeah. very narrow. I mean, yeah. you could, it's you got yeah. the depth to work on your above the break and three yeah. pointers, but not wide enough to, to do the full workout. But maybe that's why he's still struggling. Maybe we'll see that shooting. in this game. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, very fun episode. Uh, everybody, check it out. Wolves Plus. You might have to search Fox Sports North to find it on your podcast app of choice. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I haven't heard the the, the Culver one yet. I got to check that out. Yeah, ni- nice guy. Might be maybe too nice, though. That's the problem with Jerry. Might be a little too nice. Might that's maybe a little too nice. Um, but yeah, Marnie, Marnie's a legend. She's a star. The other thing she does is amazing. Yeah, she works all these different sports but for the Lynx she calls the games yeah she does the play-by-play <laughs> so it's like she is a woman of a great many talents yeah she's got a lot going on there so uh yeah Marnie's great and really and especially like to basically do that through video too it's like I think that's especially hard to do like an oh, yeah. interview like that yeah he's so. not even in studio with them yeah all right nice one there check out Wolves Plus I'm also going podcast with this we we're a podcast I like to shout out other podcasts we're not worried about you know the other shows cannibalizing our audience. Uh, you love Wolves Cast. You're not going to let these other shows usurp us in your uh, in your Timberwolves uh, podcast listening. So uh, I got to give a shout out to another new pod- Timberwolves podcast this year. It's called Ten Thousand Layups, um, and it uh, features Kyle Radke and uh, Julian Andrews. Um, and I haven't listened to like all of their shows yet, but this week um, they had uh, Michael Rand, uh, Randball from uh, the Star Tribune on the show. And, uh, you know, I thought it was really great because uh, Michael Rand, uh, this could be a separate uh, Wolfie, has been uh, covering the uh, Sinclair Broadcasting and uh, FSN Regional Sports Network uh, sort of uh, debacle of this season pretty well over there on the Strib. And um, they had him on the show um, to kind of break down what's going on 
going with all this stuff and kind of, uh, yeah, just get people up to date. It's kind of confusing. There's a lot, a lot of moving parts in this and this whole Sinclair takeover thing has been really weird. So, um, I just really appreciate Michael Rand covering this and then also being able to go on this show and, and talk about it kind of in simple terms and, you know, try and figure out what's coming next for this. So, um, so yeah, I'm excited to check out the show continuing on. I mean, if I, um, know Julian Andrews a little bit from covering the links, he's a great dude. I don't, I don't know Kyle personally, but it's also interesting that they both have the experience of being ex, um, Timberwolves employees who did like the web associate job and stuff like that. So they already in this episode talked about a lot like, of good guys have gone through that job. Yeah. Yeah. And it's <laughs> a lot just, of good guys, people in, in this episode, they talk about sort of like how you have to like write and how you have to like, you know, kind of spin things a little bit when the team's not playing well. And what do you talk about when, you know, it's bad. So I think it's, they're coming from an interesting perspective and, um, you know, I think they're going to talk about some other things that aren't just like Timberwolves. So it's, it'll be interesting to check that show and definitely check out this specific episode with Michael Rand to learn more about the Sinclair Broadcasting and Regional Sports Network stuff that's going on right now. Um, all right, yeah, so two podcasts. You'll find links to both of those uh, in the show notes of this episode, as always. So, yeah, go check those out. That's Weekly Wolfies. Let's wrap this thing up with a fun, fun, fun game. Scott, let's play. What are we playing this week? It is what a fun is game because we're going to focus on the good times, Neil. Oh, yeah. I figured we needed to pick me up after this past week. We really week, do. So we really do, yeah. We're going to focus on the wins. Not Ooh. only the wins this season, but the wins we've had in the past calendar year from Ooh. January 21st. That's the day we're recording this, 2019, oh, no. January 21st, 2020. The number right. has to be minuscule. Uh, well, that's my first question, Neil. <laughs> Okay, in the past calendar year, how many games do you think that we've won? Okay, so... I can tell you the total number of games if you'll think that all. Uh, how many games do you mean we've played? Yeah. In okay, the past yeah. calendar year, we have played 34 basketball games. 34 games. Let's see, 13... Messed up year, everybody. 13 of them were this year, and we won three of those. So we've won at least three... And then, um, then there's like what 21 games from last year. Yep. And man, we probably only won like five of those or four of those. Let me. I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess seven games overall in the last year. Seven. Correct. Seven games exactly. Oh, how did I do that? I have no idea. Uh, so you, you reasoned it out. You know, you, you showed your work right there. So <laughs> I, I everyone could follow along your thought patterns. Oh, wow, seven. That is not a lot of basketball games in 365 days of life. Can you name Neil five of the seven teams that we beat? Five of the seven teams. Yep. I mean, well, I mean, there's the ones from this year. Yep. So we have Utah. We have Detroit. And we have, what was it, San Antonio. Yep, San Antonio. Yep, those are the three from this year. So now you just have to get two of them. I have no idea from last year. I will guess uh, I will guess Cleveland, and I will guess, uh, uh, I'll guess, what's another, uh, Oklahoma City. Uh, you, uh, you know, so those two are wrong, but <laughs> technically you have seven guesses, you know. So yeah. uh, I'll let you guess two more. Oh. And just think about our famous wins post-trade deadline last year. Oh, yeah, there was, oh, huh, last What were our good wins with D'Lo and Malik on the team? last year um was there was there a denver game is it in denver no i don't remember i don't remember which games they won last year i can't really remember the big was it clippers clippers that's LA one of clippers. Them. Yep. yes okay one of them. uh and then after that another big game i can't recall i can't really recall where they went nuts at um i don't remember what was it well we'll get into some of that later <laughs> no. the three you forgot neil are two that i barely remember we beat the bulls and the pelicans right before the shutdown okay and also a very memorable game in South Beach, where we beat Jimmy Butler with the oh, new look Wolves. Oh, yeah. 
yeah, of that course. That was one of my like, favorite right games at the very year. end of the game. Like yep. a tip in or with no Butler. Butler got blocked. That's what it was. Butler had a chance to kind of win it or tie it, and he got yeah. blocked. That's and right. he turned it over like the two possessions before that too. A real bad oh. moment for Jimmy. I mean, he went to the NBA Finals, so whatever. I but. certainly remember that Clippers game. Though. Yeah, the Clippers game. That's what my next question is about. Okay. Um, actually, no. I could get into the Clippers game in a few minutes. Uh, how many of the seven wins did Cat play in? Ooh. Um, again, it's hard to say. From Let's see. He played in two of them from this year. Yep. Um, and then how many of the five wins did he play in last year? Um, four wins. Four from wins last from last year. Jeez. Clippers, Heat, did Pelicans, he, Bulls. Did he play in any of those? I guess I'll guess one. Did he play in one of those? So three, two. Hey. He played in the Clippers game, which D'Lo ah, missed. Okay, okay, and okay. It was the first game after the trade deadline. Played in that game, and then nice. he was injured the game after that. All right. Uh, the largest margin of victory in those seven games, Neil, is our 27-point win over the Clippers on February 8th. Jeez. Name a record that was broken that night. Lots of team records. Some individual player records were broken that night. Just name any of the records. Um, was it th- three threes made in the game? Was that one of them? Correct. Okay. So Malik was 7 of 13 from 3. The team was 26 of 44. Oh, my gosh. Malik, 26 made threes. Yeah, Malik's had a, a new career high and made threes. He tied the okay. team record with six threes in the first half. The game record is a tie. Uh, the game record for threes is a tie between Love and Marbury. They both had eight in the game. Marbury, wow. eight in the game. Wow. That's crazy. That's good, right? Uh, so we also broke, set the record for points and a half. We scored 81 points in the first half. <laughs> that is wild. We set the team record for made threes in the game with 26, made threes and a half with 15, and made threes and a quarter with nine. And we set the record for highest three-point percentage. We shot 59% from three that night. And we hit, set a team record for assists. We had 39 assists that night. Wow. Record-breaking so night. Malik's so first many. night in a Timberwolves jersey. It was a fun night. Gosh. Wild. All right, Neil, we talked about it. Who had the game-saving block on Jimmy Butler during the final moments of the team's 129-126 to victory in Miami on February 26, 2020? Oh, gosh, it could be a number of guys. Um, I'm kind of between Culver and Okogie right now. I kind of lean towards Okogie, but I guess it could be like... Uh, uh, who else could it be? Who else would it be here? Maybe it was... Hmm. It's a little tricky because a bunch of them went up for the block. I think there was two or three right. walls yeah, with their I hands up. I can remember two of them. But I have, a, I have a screenshot. I have a great photo of the actual block. I'll say Okogi just on reputation, but I don't quite remember. D'Angelo Russell. No way. Not, not, yeah, you went by reputation, which is uh, wrong because it was the guy with the, with the reputation for being bad at defense who had uh, the game saving block, the new face of the Wolves, defeating the old face of the Wolves. It's right, a real endearing moment. Amazing. Wow. Was, uh, it was hard to pick my favorite game of last year. It was either the Clippers game or the Heat game, but they were both yeah. magnificent. 1A, Chef's kiss. 1B. I have a couple more, but you know what, Neil? I'm going to save them. I'm going to save yeah. them for Instagram. Yeah. Everyone go on Wolf's Cast Pod. I've got a few more questions about our seven wins. Oh, my gosh. The it's seven a, wins game. It's a depressing number. Seven <laughs> seven wins. Yeah. And so, yeah. And some of these next questions are kind of depressing. So why don't we just take them to Instagram? Follow <laughs> us at it. Wolf's Cast Pod. We'll put them in the stories. I love and it. you can answer. Let us know. Fantastic. Appreciate everybody listening to Wolf's Cast this week. As we said, you know it's tough out here. But, you know, for the Wolves, it's, again, for the Wolves and their fans, 
friends. It's no no big deal. You know right? what you signed up. We've been through worse. <laughs> We've been through so much worse. You know. Yeah. This was a, your run of the mill you know, heartbreaking loss. You know. Like yeah. Like I've said, you know, I, we didn't go with this cold open, but I've said it on the pod before. At least they make you feel something. That's right. You know, like good or bad, mostly bad. At least they make you feel something because. The worst wolves are when you don't feel anything. When you we've lost by the second quarter, it's a blowout. It's like, do I have to watch the second half? Those are the games where you're just dead inside. You Absolutely. Know? Have your heart ripped out though, <laughs> invigorating. You know. Yeah. Feeling it. Right. Feeling that. Pump. So it's uh you know I'm gonna say next week's gonna be better because it can't be worse than this. Well, we'll see. Can yeah. always be worse. Yeah, it but always hopefully be worse. we'll be getting some players back and hopefully we'll be uh, onward and upward at least. Uh, at least uh, you know at full full strength. You know that's that's a better way to lose. <laughs> when exactly. you have all your guys yeah. at least. Um, but yeah, we'll be back uh, next week with another episode. A little uh, uh, you know quarter season breakdown. We're at the we're at the quarter mark already. We might also have to talk about trades. It's only two weeks away. I know it's coming up so quick. So. Yeah, we'll yeah have quarter season you. review and trade deadline. Those two things don't go together, yeah. but we'll Usually talk it's about more like both. mid-season. Right, we'll yeah. talk about them both on next week's episode. But yeah, uh, check out everything on Canis Hoopus. And uh, yeah, we'll be back next week with a new episode of Wolves Cast. Talk to you then. Bye. Gerald Green blew out a cupcake that was lit by, uh, by uh, Rashad McCants.